this is George Farrell. Welcome back to Black Pack Talks. And we're going to talk about a few things today. Uh, the first thing we're going to start with is police brutality. But first, let me send you to Amazon to look for the book that you need to live with. You need to read it. You need to learn it. You need to earn it. Success is colorblind. Talks about how to do business without doing business as a minority. So that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about looking at the big picture, going for the big dollars and not the scraps. So let's get started today. Uh, there was a incident in Colorado, and many of you saw my uh, video on how to cooperate on a traffic stop. I'm a former police officer, and I take this very seriously. There has been a lack of proper police training for a long time. But this incident in Colorado takes the cake because it indicates clearly the difference between police training and military training. Military training. Uh, what you saw in Colorado was not police training. That's not police tactics. That's military training. That's military tactics. A young black mother with four, three girls in the car, her niece and, and daughter, was stopped in the parking lot in a misidentified stolen car. I, this is this is incredible because it's almost sad, and, and it's one of the reasons that police need retraining. Well, they never asked her for her driver's license. They never asked her for any identification. They took her and her four daughters, four, four young ladies, out of the car at gunpoint. One was seven years old. And instead of handing them put, having them put their hands on the car, which is police training, stand up, which is police training and put their hands on the car at different locations, two on the hood, two in the back. That's police training. They had them lay on the ground with their hands behind their back, a seven-year-old girl, 12-year-old girl, and a mother. And let me tell you, that is military training. Why is that military training? Because you're supposed to subdue the enemy and make him feel inferior. That is training where you want to make the subject feel inferior. You want them to get on their knees with their hands behind their back. You want them to lay on the ground as if they're nothing, as if they're trash. You don't even care if they have a nice suit on. That's military training. That's training that you do in Afghanistan where you want to subdue somebody and make it seem like they have no hope. That's what they did to a black woman and her children. That's military training. So let's start with what starts this training with these boots and these black uniforms where you look like you're afraid of what you're patrolling. That's not the officer friendly I grew up with in school where an officer came by at the beginning of the school year and told you that he was your friend and if you get lost to look for him on the corner. That's officer friendly. We're so far away from officer friendly. Now, here's where we start. We start with the uniforms. A police uniform should be blue, light blue shirt, dark blue pants, and the shoes, most importantly, are patent leather. Shoes, not boots. Shoes, not boots. Patent leather shoes make a police uniform. Black pants or dark pants and a blue shirt with a badge clearly identifying who you are. That's police training. What these, I don't even want to call them officers. What these low lowlifes in a badge did to this black woman was military training designed to make her feel like crap, to make her feel like she had no hope. And that's what's going on in black neighborhoods all around the country. I know LA has this procedure where they like to put black men on their knees. Luckily, I've never been stopped in LA. I, I was almost stopped once for making a phone call uh, on a sidewalk. This military training has gone too far in America. 
and it's in all of our urban areas, it's in all of our cities, and the officers that are receiving this training, they're too scared to be police officers. They shouldn't be police officers if they have to feel like they're going on a military mission every time they leave the station. That's what we've come to in America, and that's what we have to stop. We need a retraining of our police department, a retraining of their mission to protect and serve, not to harass and detain. This woman is owed more than an apology, and I apologize for it because that's not police training, and that happened in Colorado. So I'm sure, and everybody wants to know, would it be different if she was white? I'm sure it would be, because that's the America we have today. Okay, moving on. That's about police training. Um, moving on, let's talk about, we're gonna go political. We're gonna talk about the Black Pack, which I run, which is called the Black Latin Asian Political Action Committee. We're gonna talk about the dollars that have been raised in the campaign. I think each campaign has about $200 million in cash on hand, cash. So let's look at both staffs of both campaigns and see if they can even meet the minimum standards that the federal government has to meet, your local government has to meet for vendor spending. Are they spending any of this $200 million with minority vendors? They do a lot of printing. They print a lot, they print a lot of sample ballots. I know this because we do it. They print a lot of flyers. Uh, they have a lot of meetings. Are they having meetings at black caterers? Are they having meetings at black restaurants? Where are these meetings being held? Are they spending any money, the Democrats and the Republicans, are they spending any money with any black businesses for lunches, for catering? Maybe they can't have, uh, are they calling up uh, minority caterers to come to their, their uh, offices when they sub these offices? Are they renting from minority owned buildings? What is, the, what is the Democrat and Republican party doing? Now, Joe Biden just put out an ad talking about how, how uh, Hispanics and blacks are different or something crazy. So Joe Biden just put out this ad targeted the blacks. The Republicans have some ads talking about how great Trump is to blacks. Spend some money with some black folks and some Latinos with their restaurants, with their printers, meeting space. Hire some. Let me see what your black staff looks like in each state. Let's, let's have some photo evidence that you even really care. Because if you care about black folks, put some money in their pocket. Put some money in their pocket. Don't just tell us how much you care. Show us how much you care. We're in a deep recession. We could use a little spending. We don't want your handout. We want some spending. We can earn money just like everybody else. And there's a ton of black-owned restaurants, even franchises that are having a tough time that you could work with. Some printers, uh, rent some office space, desk, furniture. These campaigns spend a lot of money, folks. $200 million in each campaign, that's $400 million. Matter of fact, as I understand it, the Trump campaign is, has already topped over $1 billion in donations in the last two years. That's one with a B, billion. Democratic Party will hit $1 billion. Wow, could we get like 10% of that, 15, 20? Let's talk about it. Let's have this conversation. Not just me, but all you other black media folks need to talk money. You know, which brings me to another issue. One of my favorite movies, and I hate that it's one of my favorite movies, is Robert Townsend's Hollywood Shuffle. It really makes fun of the stereotypes that people have of black people. And it's, it's a sad movie, but it's funny at the same time. And sometimes it seems that these campaigns are hiring straight from the script of Hollywood Shuffle. <laughs> these black commentators sometimes look like they're straight from the script of Hollywood Shuffle. Please call me and tell me not to do that if I go that far. Because there's a difference between having character 
and being a character. The men and people that are associated with Black Pack are strong characters. They have strong personalities. They have character. They're honest. There's a lot of other folks out there who are doing the Hollywood shuffle just to get attention for different candidates. They think everything's a joke. They take it as a joke. It's funny. It's funny. Hey, the pain that this country's suffering is not funny. There are people who are suffering, worrying about paying the rent, worrying about the light bill, worrying about education. Let's talk about schools. Schools are not opening in every location. They're worried about that. So the people that are having these issues, we need to hear some serious solutions from both sides so we can make a decision. Now, I'm a Republican. I, I push for the Republican candidates. But my, the Republican candidates that we talk about and endorse, they are about handling business. They're not about joking and praying. So that takes care of that. We talked about money. We talked about police training. So let's talk about is this is a tough conversation. Let's talk about whether we whether we even have anything in this game. Let's talk about whether it's, it's time for us to start thinking about picking up and packing our bag. And we're going to have this conversation several times. And I, as I think about this, I think about one of my biggest business failures which was a beachfront restaurant right on the beach and how when, when, when I was closed down by the state of Florida, and I talked about this before G Sandcastle uh, versus the state of Florida DEP. It actually until to this day has taken out my desire to even open a business in the United States, which is sad because I don't want to go through the discrimination of getting a bank loan and, jumping through all these hoops and filing all these things. When you see a company like Kodak, which didn't even have a product, get a million dollar loan with no paperwork. Well, the, the hoops that it takes to start a business to get a business loan, two, three years of taxes. Uh, you have to have 20% uh, of your own money into the business. You have to show a profit for two or three years with projections. It's a lot of work to do. And you need a lawyer and an accountant to do this paperwork right. And that can cost you upwards of five to $10,000 just to get the paperwork together to apply. And then let's say you go into your local Wells Fargo, Bank of America, uh, and they look at your paperwork and there's certain ratios they have. And then they have this credit scoring system, which discriminates against blacks. And you pass through all the hoops. Are they going to give you the funding in a way that will help you succeed, or they're going to give you the funding in a way that strangles you? Are they going to give you a line of credit? One of the things that happens in Florida, and I, I found this out by accident, even though I opened a business in Florida, and I was doing business in Florida, is in the summer, businesses in Florida slow down because it gets hot. The summer season is not Florida season. It's winter season where Florida businesses make most of their money. So in the summer, it was common practice, sometimes written and sometimes not written, that you don't make any loan payments for three months on business loans. And your banker can tell you that and let you know that because Florida is a seasonal place. There's places like Colorado and upstate New York that are also seasonal, where you only make your payments when the business is in season. I'm sitting there talking to my banker. And actually, it was my banker. It was another business owner that told me this. I'm making payments in June, July, August, and, and uh, we're having lunch. He says, and I said, I just came from the bank to make my payment. How you doing? He says, I'm fine. Why? He, and he asked me, why did you make your payment? I said, because my loans do. He says, you don't have to make payments in Florida in the summer. I said, really? 
He says, yeah, everybody knows there's no business in the summer in Florida. It's too hot. <laughs> so, <laughs> all the local businesses knew this, but me and my banker didn't tell me this, that I could skip three months of payments every year. That's a relief. So it's these little tactics that you aren't told about. So I, I want to share these tips with you. And let's talk about whether it's even worth staying in the U.S. and doing business. Um, we said this before. The, I tell you what. I'll give you a test. Name me 10 black business millionaires or Latin business millionaires. And name me 10 movie stars, millionaires, or basketball millionaires, or sports millionaires. I bet you can name the sports millionaires, but you can't name the business millionaires. You know why? Because we don't have access to capital. We're not in that game. We're locked out by Wall Street and other banking institutions. Yet, the door is wide open for us to sweat and stand out in the hot sun, even Tiger Woods. You can name all the billionaires and millionaires in basketball and sports, but name me some in business that have nothing to do with entertainment. Can't do it. I mean, you can name Oprah Winfrey, which is also a, a she made her millions through entertainment and she was great. But, you know, Oprah was talking about white privilege. Is there white privilege? Privilege? Yes, there is. Now, Oprah was attacked for saying that there is white privilege when there is white privilege. So let's let's defend Oprah. Oprah can have her opinion, shouldn't be attacked for it. That's part of this cancel culture where if someone says something we don't agree with, we cancel everything else that they have ever done in their life. But Oprah's a great person. She gave a lot of people their start. A lot of entertainers, uh, Dr. Phil, you know, who's not even a real doctor. <laughs> Dr. Phil a star. Let's not cancel Oprah because she said she believes there is white privilege because she is. I mean, I think one of the stories we, talk, we talked about in one of my books, I, I think I remember talking about Oprah being discriminated again when she went to Switzerland to go shopping. And uh, the security guard almost patted her down thinking that she was coming to steal something. And Oprah could have bought the whole store. So, yes, there's, discrim there's discrimination no matter how rich you are. And that's why I think it's time to maybe have this discussion. Maybe some of our business people and other people should talk about whether it's time to pack up and emigrate to another country like other people come to a U.S. so we can find better opportunities. I would like to see a Black Wall Street. The problem is the opportunity is we've got to put the money up. We got to be patient. We got to put the money up. We got to be patient if we're going to form a Black Wall Street or Black Banks. One of the things I'm disappointed about is that the National Credit Union Administration, which mainly lends to small businesses, is not more active in this PPP program. I would like to see more credit unions be involved in lending money to businesses because their rates are better and they're more localized. They know their clients. And uh, the, it seems like the National Credit Union Administration, the credit unions in the country, are standing back and not participating in this recovery that we need to have so badly. So we've got some tough choices. We've got tough choices for president. We've got tough choices at the local level. And we've got a choice to decide whether we're going to leave or go. Now, I know that I have given this talk to people who travel overseas and they're afraid. But let me tell you something. When you go overseas... When you travel to Europe or South America or any of these countries, the first thing that you'll notice is that you're treated as an American. You're not treated as a black American, Asian American, you're treated as an American. So when you go to Brazil or any of the countries in Mexico or uh, Europe, 
the first thing they'll say is, oh, you're an American. That's a interesting, it's a light feeling. I find myself walking through streets of uh, other countries and feeling so relaxed because no one's looking at me as a black guy. The cops don't even look at me. Sometimes I, was do- I did one experiment. I was in a foreign country and I won't name the country, but uh, I saw a police standing on the corner. So I went and stood next to them and they moved. <laughs> so that was kind of funny as an American. But, you know, if you do that in Hollywood, they're not going to move. We, we, have a, we have some opportunities to do business in other countries that we do not have in the United States. Uh, we can establish corporations in foreign countries, and all of a sudden we can go to development banks and other banks to ship goods back to the U.S. and make a profit. So there's opportunities for us all over this world. I've said this before. The black culture is the number one export of the United States. When you leave the United States, you finally become an American. You get all the rights of an American. You carry a passport. You're respected as an American. But when you fly back, you take that plane back, you land at LAX, which is MPS today or anywhere else, all of a sudden you can't get a cab. Travel overseas. Give it a, give it a try for three to six months. Uh, see if you can find a friend to stay with. And see if, it's a be- if, you, if you have a lighter spirit. If you have a lighter spirit, if you feel better about yourself, about yourself being an American, if you forget that you're even black when you're in another country, give it a shot. I'm not saying it's something you should do, but you should try it. Uh, all of us have internet and, and WhatsApp right now. We can talk to people and make friends and travel to other countries. Unfortunately, because of COVID, there's not too many places we can travel. <laughs> but when COVID opens up, uh, you know, go to Canada, go to Europe, go to France, go to Italy, go to Spain, go to uh, Panama, go to Guatemala, go to all these other countries that are in North, Central, and South America. Go to Australia. Australia, from what I heard, I've never been there. They love black men in Australia. That's what my black friends who went to Australia told me. Let's try and see if this country is even, if the United States is even a place we should be. Because after 20 years, 40 years, 50 years after 1969, after Martin Luther King, 52 years, it seems like we haven't made any progress. Other folks have come over here and made tremendous progress. There's opportunities for us in other places besides the United States, and we just need to pursue them. And maybe it's not always here. Maybe it's not here. And, and in my personal case, I'm just tired of trying. And that's a sad, that's a sad commentary. I'm, I'm tired of trying to run a business in the U.S. where there's no access to capital, where you shut down whenever you're successful. Because I can't dance and I can't sing and I can't play sports, but I can't. I am a great businessman, and I should not have access. I should not have problems with access to capital. So that's all I have, and that's the black pack word for the day. In Florida, early voting is going on in Florida. Uh, so if you're, if you live in Florida, if you have friends in Florida, I want you to go to our website www.blakpac.gop and look at our. Florida candidates. We have Sheila Griffin. She's a great candidate. Uh, she has a brilliant legal mind. She deserves a, to go to Congress. We have Byron Donald. Byron Donald's a great guy. He has served two terms in the Florida House. He's now running for Congress. He's in District 19, which is in Fort Myers. Look him up. We have Brian Mass. Brian Mass is a military hero. He lost both legs uh, when a bomb exploded. While he was at war, he's back. He's a great candidate. This will be his third term. You want to vote for Brian Mass. He's a Mexican-American. 
that should cover our candidates for Congress. Of course, we want you to vote for Donald Trump, but Donald Trump got to open that pocketbook. He's got to spend some money with some black folks because I will look at it and document it and see if it's there. You can't just talk about he's the greatest president for blacks since Lincoln. I don't even know how you make that comparison because actually Kennedy was the best president <laughs> for blacks. Uh, you know, you go in your grandmother's house and um, they had three pictures on the wall, Jesus Christ, uh, Martin Luther King and Kennedy. So your grandmother thought Kennedy was the best president since Lincoln, not you. You haven't proven it to us that you're the best president since Kennedy. I wanted to give you a second shot, a second term, so you can show me that you're better than Kennedy. And show me that you're better than Kennedy, you're my man. But let's, have, let's talk about that. So you're not, the, don't say that again, Mr. Trump. Okay, so we have Trump, we have Mass. We have some state races with Angel Urbina. He's a great guy. He's worked hard for the party. Uh, we have Jackie Toledo, who's also in Tampa. And those are the, our, our choices for Florida. Those are candidate choices for Florida. Please hurry up, get out and vote. Don't, don't let somebody else make decisions for you. I don't care who you vote for as long as you vote. Uh, get that little I vote sticker and you know, post, text it to me, send it to our website, send it to us by message. Just let us know you vote. We need to have the highest turnout ever because here's what we're voting for. We're voting for the person that can pull us out of this deep, deep recession, this COVID we need someone who really knows what they're doing. We, need, we really need a, a, a person that understands and has some sympathy. We know that they're talking about voting on unemployment benefits. Some of us are receiving these unemployment benefits, and we need that extra money to pay the rent. We, we, need, some, um, we need a mortgage moratorium. Let me tell you something what the Treasury Department did. The Treasury Department, not the Treasury, yeah, the Treasury Department, actually, refinance all corporate debt on Wall Street to 0%. Wouldn't it be great if the Treasury Department refinanced all our debt to 0%, all our 18, 19% credit cards, all those gas cards, all those visas and MasterCards? You know, it wouldn't it be great if the people of the United States got their debt refinanced, like all the corporations on Wall Street. So Mr. Mnuchin, if you're listening, why not refinance America's debt, not just corporate debt? Help us all out. And that way we can survive this. I'm saying this publicly because I hope they hear this, but we got to have something and just a handout. We want to hand up. And if you refinance our debt, our mortgages at, that are at 7% and above, refinance them all down to 3%. How about refinance our credit card debt? Anybody Can Youth Foundation teaches our youth to step off into life with their best foot forward, without cowardice, but with courage and dignity. ABC was founded by legendary light heavyweight champion Archie Moore in 1957. He had a heart and passion for helping the youth. He believed if we went into the business of prevention, we could save billions of dollars and millions of lives. He started ABC to teach youth the basic ABCs of life. Are you concerned about the world today? Do you want to help train our youth to be the change needed in the world? Join us in the fight for equality, in the fight for justice, in the fight for our youth. If you would like to help, go to www.abcyouthfoundation.org. That's www.abcyouthfoundation.org. Be well and be blessed.